0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie F and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, June 18th, 2019. Today we are reading from the big book chapter three and we're on page 34, the first paragraph that says, as we look back and we'll be reading only that one paragraph. Today's readers are for the 12 steps, Alice G. For the 12 traditions, Esther F. And reading the text are Allison L., Becca R., and Janice P.M. The reference numbers for Monday, June 17, 2019. For the 7 a.m. is 13042. That's 13,042. And for the 10 a.m. is 13044. That's 13,044. OA Preamble. Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Alice G. to read the 12 Steps.
1: Good morning, all. This is Alice G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Wisconsin, the 12 Steps.
0: so much, Alice. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12
2: traditions. Good morning. Uh, this is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio, the 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service in my path. Thank
0: you so much, Esther. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 34, the first paragraph. As we look back, reading just that one paragraph, and I will
3: ask Allison L. to begin reading. Thank you, Katie. This is Allison L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Ohio. As we look back, we feel we had gone on drinking many years beyond the point where we could quit on our own willpower. If anyone questions whether he has entered this dangerous area, let him try leaving liquor alone for one year. If he is a real alcoholic and very far advanced, there is scant chance of success. In the early days of our drinking, we occasionally remain sober for a year or more, becoming serious drinkers again later. Though you may be able to stop for a considerable period you may yet be a potential alcoholic we think few to whom this book will appeal can stay dry anything like a year some will be drunk the day after making their resolutions most of them within a few weeks this makes me take a reflection back on my experience um, i mean i know when i came into oa it was because i could not eat consistently the things that I had researched and prioritized and the way I knew I wanted to eat. I just could not eat that way consistently. Um, and even looking back, I, I don't ever remember having a year without a binge or, um, you know, uh, eating compulsively um, ever. And and I didn't want to. It was working for me at the time until it just didn't work anymore. And then it you know, drove me to the point where I realized, oh, I, I now know how I want to eat. I want to eat consistently, and I could not, not even for a day. Um, and, and as always, you know, my recovery is about being of maximum service to God and those about me so I can take my experience, strength, and hope around this and also the instructions from this book, and I, I share it with others so that they can have this message. And I was able to do that recently, sharing exactly what's in this paragraph a woman I met nine months ago in a class, um, you know, uh, I'm very open about, you know, what I eat and she asked some questions and I share that I'm in a food recovery program, OA, and um, as she answered questions, I asked questions, I just answered them honestly. And after nine months of, of you know, whatever it was I shared, some of which I don't even remember, um, she, she asked at the last class, you know, more questions and And she related to the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind as I described it from my experience. And she said, what do I do now? And I said, well, you're trying to figure out what it is you want to eat that's best for you and your your current illness. So why don't you decide what you want to eat and see if you can. See if if you can consistently eat what it is that you know will be good for your body. And if you can, great. Um, And if you can't, then, then this and you relate to allergy of body and, and the obsession of the mind, um, then this program is is a solution. It is a solution that worked for me, many, many others, and can work for anyone who finds themselves in this situation of being unable to, to eat consistently
4: the way that they um, have decided they want to. With that, I'll pass. Thank you for getting us started, Allison. Okay, so we're on page thirty-four, the first paragraph.
0: As we look back, we're commenting on that one paragraph only. If you've not shared in the last few days, who would like to share?
5: Katie from Boston.
0: Boston. Katie G. M. Barbara from South Jersey. Ro-Ann M. Kim G. Barbara E. Nancy, Nancy P. Nancy P. I got you, Barbara. I got you, Nancy. Larry. Larry K. Okay, that's a nice group. Um, anyone else before I move on? Okay, Katie G, Barbara E, Roanne M, Kim G, Nancy P, and Larry K. Go ahead, please, Katie.
6: Good morning, Katie. Everyone else, Good morning. please mute. Oops, sorry. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, fellows. This is Katie G recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic and a couple thoughts. I love this paragraph because it takes away this dynamic that can exist in OA of like the the when I would rationalize, justify and defend my right to eat certain foods, right? Like the sponsor would say, you know, it sounds like you're having a problem with this and I'd be like, No, 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 no. And I, you know, I, I'd be freaking out about it. And what I love is that this just says, okay, so you think you can manage this and put it down? Because normal people don't rationalize, justify, and defend their right to eat sugar-free gum. Normal people don't go to Costco and spend $400 a month on gum. Normal people don't, ex- don't go to work, clock in, and then exercise bulimically for two hours because that's their solution. And if you ask them to put it down, guess what they do? I love that. Like, nobody has, I don't have to fight anybody. We just go to this page and we say, okay, you want to try it? Go for it. And and when I would try it, it never worked. And I love that it talks about it's because I'm making a resolution. A resolution is just analysis. There's no decision, right? So when I concede to my innermost self that I have no power, no choice and no control around the food, there's no such thing as my drug of choice. It's my drug of no choice. I take the bite, the bite takes me. I I am pushed into this place of powerlessness where I have no power, and there must be a power greater than me, and I must surrender all the foods. And even if I think there's a quote-unquote yellow light food, which doesn't exist for me, if I'm wondering, I just put it down. Because you know what? At the end of my life, if God says to me, or Buddha, or Allah, or whoever it is, says, you know what, Katie, you could have had hot fudge sundaes, which I don't know. I don't think I can. I'll be like it's cool god because it's just food right my i'm recovered today from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body my hands can be in the food that's not mine offer it to my family and walk away in a place of neutrality holy smokes the other thing is like i need to ask myself what am i making resolutions as a recovered woman today am i resolving am i analyzing gee katie why are you not doing a step ten? Are you thinking about it? Is it my is it your 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 need because you were psychologically damaged? Why are you not doing step eleven? Here's why. It's not a step ten issue for me, it's not a step eleven issue for me, it's not a step twelve issue for me. It is a step one issue. Because if I am truly surrendered to the fact that I have a hopeless, deathly illness, it is a privilege. If I'm truly surrendered to step one, it is a privilege. To do step 10, 11, and 12. It is a privilege. My entire psyche has changed. So I'm just so grateful today to know I have a problem, what the solution is, and I must every day, I'll just wrap up with this, make decisions. Decisions, action, not resolution. There's no chapter in the big book called into figuring
0: it out. It's all action, and with that, I do pass. Thank you, Katie. Okay, Barbara E., you're up, followed by Roanne M.
7: Thank you, Katie. So grateful for your service and this wonderful meeting. Well, the word sanity for me meant a sound, healthy, rational way of thinking around food and my behaviors around food and other people, and to admit I was powerless to deal with them on my own. But two decades ago, I wasn't sure I was as bad as you. Certainly not powerless or insane. And yet, After a long history of binging and losing and regaining three-digit numbers each time, I had to admit my irrational, insane behavior. I lived to eat rather than eating to live. I planned my binges in the morning and how to get rid of you so I could eat anything and everything. I learned over and over that thin was just thin and unhappy rather than fat and unhappy. So I always reverted back to my self-destructive behaviors. And my binges got longer and longer. And my periods of abstinence got shorter and shorter. My most recent sponsor asked me, do you really want to stop your destructive way of using food? Or do you really want to keep eating without any of the consequences? I knew I was killing myself slowly but surely, so I was ready. I had no choice. She asked me, are you completely convinced that left to your own insane, delusional thinking, you'll again begin to push people away so you can be left alone to eat? Of course, my answer was yes. She asked, are you convinced that you have an allergy and a mental twist that will always send you back to the toxic allergic foods you know will kill you? Of course, yes. She asked, might you again return to hiding food all over the house, eating frozen food, eating off the floor and out of the garbage? Yes. Might you continue to be harsh, impatient, judgmental and dishonest with others without some sort of transformation in your way of thinking? Yes, again. And finally, do you believe that those OA big book thumpers might not be nuts? Yes. And are you convinced that you do need some kind of spiritual rearrangement? Of course. I knew it was true. Well, she said, you're ready to begin. Let's get to work. If you felt any of these feelings or indulged in any of these actions, welcome. There is recovery available for anyone who really wants it and is willing to take all the ne- necessary actions, not picking and choosing which ones to skip. This is not Time, a program. For, thank you. This is not a program for sissies. You can do it if you think you can, or you think you can't. You're probably right. I pass.
0: Thank you, Barbara.
8: Okay, Roanne M., you're up, followed by Kim G. Hi, good morning. This is Roanne M. in New York City. Um, this is my favorite chapter. I love it. And I look at all the years of my life that I dieted and how earlier on in my life I was able to stay on a diet for longer periods of time. And I thought I had so much willpower and so much control and I could manage my my food, I could manage my body, I could manage my exercise. And that's how I felt. And then over the years, as the illness became stronger and more progressive, my diet, periods of dieting became shorter and shorter and what things that I used to be able to abstain from I no longer was able to do i was i was just i couldn't do it, and I didn't know why where had my willpower gone? why wasn't I able to control things anymore because I'm a real alcoholic I'm a bathtub gin alcoholic with the food exactly like bill, and i couldn't I could definitely not leave it alone for a year um It was just very, very different than what I was able to do when I was younger. And, um, you know, I've made many, many resolutions and promises of I'll stop, I'll stop next week, I'll stop next month, New Year's resolutions, birthday resolutions. And it just never worked. And I kept going back over and over again, my disease telling me it would be okay this time. I can have it this time. I'll be able to control it again, and it doesn't and then we then I wake up feeling awful and hating myself and just the shame and the guilt and it's just really being honest this program requires honesty honest that i am a food addict, that I cannot control my food, that I cannot control my body, that I can't control other people, places, and things, and this illness will kill me if I don't seek recovery every single day, and I do think there are different progressions of this disease, and I think potentially earlier on, people can stop, uh, if they if they have the desire, if they have the willingness, but I think once you get past a certain point in your illness, you're completely taken over. Your your willpower is gone; it's non-existent, and you just have to surrender that. Yes, you have this thing. Yes, you need help. You can't do it Fine. by yourself. Uh, thank you so much for letting me share. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Roanne. Okay, Kim G.,
5: you're up, followed by Nancy P. Thanks, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G., I'm a recovered compulsive reader since 2011. Whom this book will appeal? You know, I'm kind of flooded with some memories. I remember a few years ago, I, I led a, a Step 3 workshop through the big book, and the feedback I got was that they didn't want me back. Because L.A. is not about the steps. It's about the tools, and it's about meetings. You know, I think to myself, too, in the mid-90s when I was in L.A., I was blessed, not knowing at the time, but I went to a workshop, and it wound up it was Joe and Charlie, not knowing who they were. And I was so inspired, but I walked away thinking, wow, this is such interesting information. But thank goodness I'm in L.A., and I just need to work a food plan and have a sponsor. Because, you see, back then, the fellowship and the fear were enough to keep me in line. I love the line in in There's a Solution where it says at certain times. And that confused me. Because in the beginning, the excitement and the newness of Overlears Anonymous kept me abstinent. There was a time where service, I always heard service was swimming, it kept me so busy. I was able to avoid people, places, and things, and triggers. And that was enough. But the the reality was what I really did is I settled for periods of abstinence with slips, relapses, as long as I didn't gain weight, and that was enough. But looking back at it now with the knowledge of the big book, I see these were not relapses because I wasn't working a recovery program. This was simply the progression of the illness. And then eight years ago, I got to a point where I couldn't live with the food and I couldn't live without it. I couldn't get drunk and I couldn't get sober. And finally defeated this book, now appeal to me. I surrendered to this process, not to how I wanted to do it, not to the opinion that I heard in the room, but the clear cut direction of this book has. And it makes me sad because for decades in LA, I settled in LA. I worked in a, work a nine tour program, although I was in a 12 step program. I settled for relief instead of freedom. So I just want to assure you that this morning, since January 2011, that from the core of my being, I know that I'm a compulsive overeater. And since that time I surrendered and did those steps, let me assure you, I no longer suffer from compulsive overeating. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Tim. Okay, Nancy P., you're up,
0: followed by Larry Kay. Hi, thanks for letting me share.
9: Just start my timer. Um, yeah, I. Um, it's all about surrender. I say that all the time, but it really, for me, it really, really is. I mean, I was fooled many times into thinking that I could handle it, and abstinence itself convinced me of it, abstinence without recovery. As long as I wasn't eating compulsively, I felt like, hey, I can handle this. But, of course, I always went back to the food, whether it was a bite or a binge. I was always... A hair's breadth away from it. And, um, you know, that mindset kept me in that, you know, like as long as I was abstinent, that mindset kept me in a place of, you know, limbo where I couldn't become recovered. Um, You know, I used to, I used to, every morning I would wake up and I would ask myself or say to myself, I wonder if I'm going to eat today or... I hope I don't eat today, or I'm definitely not going to eat today, or it looks like I'm going to eat today. And I would know that before I got out of bed. And um, now I don't, you know, once I surrendered, I mean, once I was brought to my knees, I would say flat on my face, not my knees. Once I was brought to my face in the mud, you know, then, and I finally said I am powerless over food and my life is unmanageable. What do I do? Then I found that I could, um recover. But before that, it was just sort of in and out of the food. And we've all heard that. I mean, I sponsor people that have said, you know, I've been in and out of the food, I'm in and out of the food, I can't stop, I slip, I slide, I, you know, all these things. And um, to me, it's all about recovery. And, you know, I I, I did live that way for 47 years. And my life went on. And um, the mental obsession was quieter or noisier, but it was never silent and um you know today i can say that the um the mental obsession is quiet i don't think about food it d- the issue doesn't exist for me i'm in an area where i'm safe and protected i'm not like a shadow of a hair away from binging my brains out at all i just don't think about it i mean i make sure that i don't get there either by working you know doing all the steps to the best of my ability every day but i don't i'm no longer obsessed with food and that um
4: is a miracle i just cannot believe it so um with that i'll pass thank you thank you so much nancy okay larry k you're up
10: good good morning katie thanks so much larry k from chicago recovered they're they're giving us kind of a, a diagnostic tool here um they're te- they're at they're telling me you know see if you can put it down uh for a year um boy not a chance I I knew but some of us are pretty disciplined I I I know of a guy that he went on a liquid diet uh he told me for uh for a year almost, almost to the year and he lost he went from nearly close to 500 pounds down to um a normal size weight for his height and then you know out came the carpet slippers so to speak and and he was back into the food and he put it on all of it uh, in, in a much uh, faster period of time, all of it and more. You know, we, this is a deadly disease. I, I remember um, when I was married, um, my wife said, Larry, just, you know, half portions, just just eat half portions. You can you know, eat what you want and eat half portions. <laughs> uh, I tried that, that was, I mean, a year, forget it. That was, uh, you know, maybe a few days. Um, I tried all sorts of things. I remember, um, you know, commercial diets. I remember, uh, you know, weight watchers, boy, what a beautiful thing when they, when they had their point system and they went online. Um, and, and I could just, I didn't even have to show up, you know, during the week, um, just to weigh in. I'm not knocking commercial diets, right? It, it works for, uh, for normal people. I'm just not normal. I have this twofold nature of the disease. See, we have a diagnostic tool here and, um, For me, it would often be on a Monday morning, you know, I'd be getting ready for work. And the previous night I had been stuffing my face with more food than you can imagine. I'd say something like, you know, some sort of foxhole prayer. God, help me. I'm done. I am so done. I've hit my bottom. My life is in ruins. Please help me. And see, I swore to God that I was absolutely through and and I meant it. But but my reality was I, I wasn't ready. You know, sadly I I, I had I wasn't bloodied and beaten and choking enough on this disease to be persuaded to pick up this spiritual text even when it was presented to me. See, it could be because my pride interwoven with doubt and control and fear. Uh, it just kept me from from any solution, any real spiritual solution. It would take a spiritual solution for a guy like me. And Bill had the same, you know, same deal. He, you know, he said no words can tell of the loneliness and despair he found in the bitter morass of self-pity. The quicksand stretched all around him. But he, he kept drinking even after that. You know, there was the insidious insanity of the first drink, the first bite for me. I I won't stop. I can't stop of my own accord. I need to follow the steps and have a spiritual transformation that will eradicate the obsession. It will drive it out. Thank God for that. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie.
0: Thank you so much, Larry. Okay, so um, if you're just joining us, we're in Chapter 3, page 34, the first paragraph. As we look back and we're commenting on that one paragraph. Who else would like to share if you haven't shared in the last couple days? Nessa Kelly R. S. Nancy R.
4: No.
11: Kelly Nessa
0: S. R. Nessa R. Um, that's Nessa R. Kelly S. Who else?
4: Amy
0: G?
12: Amy
4: G. Amy G. Nessa R, Kelly S, Amy G. Anyone else? Okay, go ahead, please, Nessa R, followed by Kelly S.
12: Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. Um, this is Nessa R, a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So um, I just wanna pick up on that last share and the self diagnosis as a compulsive overeater. There's, there's four places, four different places in the big book that gives us four different methods to diagnose ourselves. So, why is it so important that I diagnose myself? Um, And the answer is simple, because I spent my life listening to people who were telling me what was wrong with me. And immediately following that, they were telling me what to do about it, how to go about solving whatever was wrong. And I could always rationalize and explain away why they were not right and why I didn't have to do what they told me to do. And they were very well-meaning people, you know, my doctor, my doctor, you know my husband, my friends, my relatives. You know when I was younger, you know my parents, my teachers. You know and you know nobody really had any credibility in my eyes because they didn't know what it was like to be me, and I was so attached to my to my foods, you know to my to my trigger foods that I, I frankly I didn't want to listen. So I have to diagnose myself. You know the book tells us we have to be convinced. Because unless I am convinced, um, there's no impetus for me to do anything. There's no impetus for me to put down the food. There's no impetus for me to work the steps day in and day out for the rest of my life. Of course, we say it's one day at a time. um, And it is one day at a time, but it's for the rest of my life because my recovery depends on my maintenance of um, my fit spiritual condition. And I cannot stay clean on yesterday's shower. I have to shower every day. You know, and the thing goes down to the food, uh, with uh, with the food. You know, I can't tell people what they are allergic to. They have to decide. They have to be honest, rigorously honest with themselves, the same way I was rigorously rigorously honest with myself. You know, if I say I cannot eat this food, um, it has a much different um, um, impact on my on my psyche, I guess, if somebody tells me you cannot eat this food, because again, I'm, I'm the master of rationalization. I am the master of justification. But if I say I am allergic to sugar, then there's nothing to justify. I just got to put down the sugar. And, you know, um, you know, important there was referred to before the yellow food. There's not such thing as yellow foods or gray foods or, you know, whichever scale you want to use. These either foods that I can eat or foods that I cannot eat. The yellow foods, gray foods, are foods that I know I cannot eat, but I don't want to give up. So I kind of put them in that limbo category. Um, You know, and, uh, you know, a recovered sponsor, you know, somebody who has been through. (laughs) Nice. Nessa, time, please. Thank you. Somebody who has been through the process can help me. Can help me navigate all that, but ultimately, I have to come to that decision if I'm going to act upon it. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Nessa. Okay,
12: Kelly S., your turn, followed by Amy G.
11: Thank you, Katie, for your service. This is Kelly S., recovered compulsive overeating bulimic in Oklahoma. Good morning, friends. Oh, glad to be on the line. Um, So I know you guys have uh, heard me share this, but. You know, so I've been around these rooms for uh, three decades and, you know, my terminal uniqueness was that um, in those 30 plus years, I had never maintained a full year of abstinence. You know, I've heard you guys online, some of you, I've been abstinent for years, but then I never had the real, you know, solution this big book has. Well, I, I never got a year. In these rooms, you know, I've been 125 pounds overweight three times. And I've been 20 pounds underweight. So I've been all over the place. Well, I could lose my weight or I could put my weight on. I could do all these things, but I could never maintain a a year of abstinence. And, you know, we talked about the different ways to, uh, to see if you're the real alcoholic. Well, yeah, I, you know, it feels like here, you know, many of those couldn't even make it a year or a few months. Heck, I couldn't sometimes make it a few hours. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I knew that. Right. But, um, So I don't know if it was that, like others have said, I didn't hear the message. You know, I I went in the rooms. I I worked these tools hard. You know, I found good food plans. I found good sponsors. I found good meetings. I found all the right things I thought would fix me. But then again, I would pick up. You know, I never heard the message. I didn't understand. Yeah, I knew the steps were there, but nobody was really talking about them or I didn't hear them. So, you know, I didn't get the real solution. So, So, yeah, okay, there's the problem, right? Well, guess what? I started listening to Vision for you for two full years, obsessively, day every day, didn't miss a meeting, never, ever. And for two years, that didn't fix me either. And I had the solution. You guys were telling it to me. I was in the big, but, but what really finally did it for me? You know, I'd like to say it was listening to the meetings. That didn't do it. I had to get to that jumping off place we'd heard about, that desperation, couldn't live with it, couldn't live without it finally willing you know to put the food down a hundred percent and the problem was I didn't understand the malady. I didn't understand my true power powerlessness that I had to go to higher power and so now grateful grateful I have four plus years of, of abstinence with neutrality keeping my weight off working living growing in 10 11 and 12 and what I finally did by the encouragement of you guys on the line is I'm taking the solution back to my face-to-face meeting. I'm spreading the thing that it is this step. It is this higher power. Yes, we need the tools to work this step. Yes, I have to put the food down 100%. I have to put the plug in the jug. I can't be a little bit drunk, right? But I have to work these steps. I have to have a higher power, and I have to carry this message of hope. And what is this message? That if I do the work. If I do the work, not just I'm wrapping up with this, not just listening to the meetings, not just reading the literature, I have to take the action, and with that, I pass glad to be here, thanks, Katie.
0: Thank you, um Kelly. okay, now Amy G, and then we'll open it up.
13: Hey, Katie, thank you so much for your service. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Wow, what an awesome meeting. I could just say ditto and be done with what after Kelly,
1: what Kelly just said.
13: But what stands out for me is as we look back, we feel we've gone on drinking many years beyond the point where we could quit on our own willpower. Well, gratefully and easily for me, it's it's easy to look back as as a recovered person now and see that you know, what I was focusing on was food as opposed to what the real problem was, which was me. Food was my answer, my solution, but the problem was me. But I didn't understand that then. I didn't know I was dealing with a physical allergy that I was constantly triggering or even worse yet, that mental twist that had me completely focused and obsessed with weight, school, t- tools, calories. Um, I-, I had no clue. and And I think what's beautiful about this, book and how it's laid out is they're not trying to convince me of all that right now. They're just saying, if you don't think you are a real compulsive overreader, go out there and try it for a year. Diagnose yourself. I mean, we just read that a couple pages ago uh, on page 31, a couple of ideas to do. I mean, who does that? Who lays out that thing? You know, if you don't think it's right, then go out and try it. It's people who have experienced it, people who have a solution and are sure that unless you know and concede or unless I know and concede to my innermost self who and what I am, a true and real compulsive overreader, that these instructions are not going to work for me. I mean, people have mentioned that gift, gift of desperation. I didn't understand about the nature of the illness, but I did know that something was killing me, sticking my finger down the throat, my throat and binging my brains out. That I could not stop. And so when it asked me, this program asked me to concede to my innermost self my powerlessness and my unmanageability of my thinking that constantly brought me back to putting these binge foods in my mouth, I could say yes to that. That yes for me, that choice for me is the only choice that I can make. I am powerless, but I ultimately have to make that decision that says I am or I am not. And if I am, then these guys seem to have a solution here. There's instructions in here. There are twelve steps in here. And it absolutely works if you look at and that's what they're saying. But first comes the yes. Do I surrender to my powerlessness? Am I who I say I am? And with that I'll pass.
0: Thank you so much, Amy. Okay, so page thirty four, first paragraph. As we look back, who else would like to share?
14: Donna G. Donna,
0: Donna G. 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 Pete B.
15: Marge E.
4: Marge E. Okay, so we have time for a couple more. Who else would like to share? Okay, uh, I have Donna. I think it's
0: Donna B. Pete B. Marge E that doesn't sound like right. donna so please go ahead
14: okay hi this is donna g uh grateful recovering mm-hmm. compulsive overeater in um, pennsylvania and um so i one of my many many character defects is um that i'm a very rebellious person i i i'm a rebel um in my whole life i've been that way and so um I, when I came to the program, uh, one of the first things I rebelled against was, I don't even think I'm a compulsive overeater. But, I mean, I want to do the 12th steps. That, that sounds like a cool thing to do. I want recovery. That would be great. But I don't even think I'm really a compulsive overeater. And my sponsor said, okay, all right, so um, maybe you're not. And I expected something different. I expected her to tell me I was. And, um so that I had something to rebel against um even my eating was a rebellion and a lot um a lot of times you know it was um a rebellion if I really look at it but anyhow um, not that it was a choice because it, it, it you know it wasn't about willpower but anyhow um when I had a choice it was often a rebellion and um so she said let's read the doctor's opinion and let's take a look at a few things that maybe you can determine, you know, if you want to. I mean, if you don't want to, that's okay. Kind of like took away <laughs> my ability to rebel and just said, just like this paragraph said, um, take a look at it, try it out. You know, maybe you are, maybe you're not. And um, what a gift she gave me in that. And what a gift this paragraph gives us because um, for any of us who are those rebellious types, um, it, it takes that away. And for me, that was really important um, that I came to um, a total concession, that I came on my own to look at it. Um, had I been able to be disciplined for over a year in a um, pay-in way? Absolutely. Coming before coming to OA. Um, had I been able to um, do it for maybe the longer period of time at points in my life? Yes but that had nothing to do with the fact that prior to coming, um, to OA and to uh vision for you, um, I literally could not go a day, could not go a day. Sometimes not even an hour, even with the fear that I was killing myself, even going to bed every single night, afraid that I wouldn't wake up in the morning. I still, still could not get through a day. Um, That was really really something I had to take a look at. And the truth, what I found is the truth is not something that I rebel against today. It's not something to rebel against. The truth is just that. It's the truth. And the the truth of my story is that it came to a point where I couldn't even get through a day. Um, And so um, I love this paragraph because it it gives me
0: um, the ownership.
14: And with that, I'll pass.
4: Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Pete B, you're up, followed by Marge E Pete Star one to unmute
16: I'm unmuted. Thank you. Um, uh, okay. Pete B., thank you. over you recovered today by God's grace and mercy. Thanks for taking the meeting. Thanks for calling on me. You know, when I read this, I look back and I think about you know, my my years, you know, I, I look I look back at my history and I and I and I would always reference a period where I had dieted successful. You know, I said to myself, Well, you know, there, I, I would question whether or not I had this condition because I say, Well, I did it then. right? I, it was successful for me at that time. Right. And I wasn't aware of the progressive nature of this illness right i didn't realize that i had this condition i may have been a heart eater at one time right or a problem eater at one time but i had advanced to this area where i was i I crossed the line that i could never go back right i can remember what drew me to, to to uh a vision for you was i heard people this was crazy i heard people say that they had been abstinent. I mean, they have abstained from compulsively overeating for a year. It was unimaginable. I couldn't imagine getting 90 days or 30 days. It was just unimaginable, right? Directly opposite to what I heard when I went to other OA meetings, and I heard, you know, people would say, well, I've been in the program for 28 years. You know they're clearly fifty to seventy-five pounds overweight, and they get a cheering ovation. Way to go, right? There's, you know, John. He's got fifteen years, and great, right? But here, what I heard here was is that people have recovered from this seemingly hopeless condition and have been abstinent seven days a week, twenty-four hours a day, three hundred and sixty-five days a year. It was unbelievable to me. I had to keep on listening. To listen for the cracks, to hear for somebody say, "Well, I'm abstinent, but you know, I had a Hershey's kiss on Thanksgiving or Easter Sunday or something like that." And the remarkable thing is, you know, in, in my own experience tells me, if I if I don't pick up the substances or engage in the behaviors that cause the phenomena craving, I can't get. The, the, I, 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 I can't compulsively overeat. I won't compulsively overeat if I just abstain from those substances. And if I work this program as it's outlined in this book, I'll develop and grow spiritually and I will never have to turn to those substances that I'm allergic to for release. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Pete. Okay, next up is
15: Marge E. Good morning, Margie from Massachusetts. And I've been in program for many, many years. I've had periods of abstinence, but I couldn't stay stopped. What was the problem? I went through the big book. I I mean, just what is wrong with me, you know? And then, um, because the meetings just weren't doing it for me, and vision has been such a, a blessing and an answer for me. But what I never heard in the meetings in all those years until vision was my behaviors. I knew my allergic foods. I knew I couldn't eat sugar and certain substances. But I never realized what I was doing with it was so insane. And it was leading to me to look for that ah moment that I wouldn't feel my feelings, that I would escape. I didn't have to reach out to the food to get that soothing feeling. But it was my behaviors that I had to analyze. And working it through vision with my vision sponsors, I saw my behaviors were as sick as the the food I was eating. And thank God those behaviors are down. I'm abstinent, I'm stopped, and happily. Thank you, Holland, for saying that. I am abstinent happily. And I have a birthday coming up, and I'll celebrate it abstinently, but without regret, happily. And with that, I thank you, and um, have a good day, everybody. I pass.
0: Okay, thank you so much, Marge. Okay, we have time for two more shares. Who else would like to jump in
4: today? Page 34. Anita L.? Anita L. Melissa C. Melissa C. Okay, go ahead, please, Anita L. Anita, we
0: can't hear you. Star one, please.
17: Can you hear me now?
0: Yes, we can. Okay.
17: Great, great. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. Uh, I can relate in 100% to this paragraph. You know, um, I'm one of those people who have been in the program for decades, uh, 41 years to be exact. I've had many, many years of recovery. However, I kept relapsing. I kept relapsing. And why was that? Well, first of all, I am the real deal. I have the disease of body and mind. And, you know, I've known that. I uh, My very first meeting, I felt like I was at home. I said, thank you, God, you know. Uh, I, well, I don't know if I said that, actually, because, uh, God, I wasn't really a part of my life back then. But uh, I felt like I was in the right place. Somehow, I just knew that this is where I need to be. This is what I was searching for all these years. And um, so I say I kept relapsing. Uh, I believe that I. the reason is I didn't concede to my innermost self. I had to surrender 100%. And the thing is, I had to get to that desperation point, really desperate, different from before. And uh, what helped me to get to that place is listening to this meeting, for one, uh, for years. Uh, I did have a year and a half of being recovered, And I had a tragedy in my life and couldn't handle it. And my spiritual foundation wasn't strong enough. Today, thank you, God, I am in a different place. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. I believe that in my heart, soul, mind, my willingness. I'm different today. I'm changing. I have become changed in many areas. It's a gift. It's a true gift. Uh, I'm just a beginner. I'm seven months. Um, so I'm, you know, just beginning again my recovery. I pray to God this is for the rest of my life. However, what I wanted to say also, people talked about yellow light foods. I held on to some Time food okay, for years because I didn't want to surrender and now that I have put it all down, that has helped to grant me freedom along with the willingness to surrender on a daily basis to a power greater than myself. And with that, I I pass. Thank you so
0: much. Thank you, Anita. Okay, Melissa C., you're up. You'll be all hi. right there today.
18: Okay. Um, hi. Thank you very much for um, uh, listening to me this morning is my second meeting um so i guess on um on sunday i i don't know if it was like a a mix of it being father's day i've had issues with my family for since i was a kid um and my mom sending a weird text message saying you know you have to say happy father's day but I'm in another program also, and I'm at the step where I have to make amends. And I think that triggered me. And I I know I've had eating issues ever since I was a kid. Like I used to hide under the bed and eat icing. My mom used to decorate cakes, and I would just eat icing. Or I would come home from school and open every cupboard and eat everything. And I would eat cereal and nonstop until my stomach hurt so badly and it didn't dawn on me that I was even binging you know like that term didn't even come to my mind and um, yeah it was just a bit shocking I don't know if it's just you know playing dumb or actually being dumb I don't know what it is but anyway I shared in another program about it because you know I'd wake up from a nap after eating all this food and I'd see all these food wrappers and it was just so, so sh- I was like just very ashamed. So, um, you know, by the grace of God, um, someone in, in that program, you know, contacted me after and told me about this. And so here I am, and I've been listening to the podcasts, and I think a lot of, for, for me, what it's been is like awareness, um, that this thing exists and this is what's happening. And, um, yeah, but but then I hear about people being abstinent, and I hear about green, yellow, red foods, and now I just don't know what to eat. You know, I'm, and I hear that, you know, I shouldn't eat things that will make me overeat, so, you know, I have to try to figure that out. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go continue, you know, listening to these every day and, um, and see where that takes me. But thank you so much for letting me share. I passed.
0: Thank you so much, Melissa. Okay, and thank you to everyone um, who who shared today and to made who who uh, did service on this meeting this morning and made it possible. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Tuesday, June 18th, is 13,047. That's one three zero four seven. And we will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Becca R. please read A Vision for You, Our Book is Meant to Be Suggestive Only?
8: Hey, it's Becca R. from Kentucky. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick.